0: Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Coming up on today's show, the Oklahoma Sooners beat TCU by 21 points. Superman has arrived. Three stars of the game, and we'll give out some more standout player awards as well. Up next on the Locked On Sooners podcast. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and you can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. And coming soon, coming to YouTube, it's going to be fantastic. Looking forward to making that launch here in the next week or two, hopefully. Uh, man, what a what a fantastic performance for the Oklahoma Sooners. Obviously, not everything went perfectly, but it was just one of those games where the Oklahoma Sooners jumped out to an early lead. Finally, like they're the ones that are jumping out and dictating the the flow of the game early. Got got out to a quick 14-0 lead You know, after Caleb Williams uh, asserts himself and the running game asserts itself on the first drive of the game. And they just marched down the field for what looked like one of the easiest uh, touchdown drives of the season for the Oklahoma Sooners. Caleb Williams was dynamic. The running game was opened up and Kennedy Brooks was making big plays in that and and capped it off with a, a short yardage goal line touchdown run for Kennedy Brooks, uh, got out to that seven, nothing lead. And then Oklahoma comes right back after, uh, forcing TC to punt and they take another touchdown drive and get out 14, nothing. And you're like, man, this game is about to get out of hand really, really quick. Uh, on that second touchdown man, Caleb Williams hits Jeremiah hall with a strike. I mean, that was one of the best throws I've seen any quarterback make this season. It was just, you know, he he gets back into his drop. He has to hesitate. Like he's not able to release the ball as soon as he hits his, you know, three, five step drop. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he, he doesn't even really step into the throw, but he throws it on target on time, makes it uh puts it in a spot where only Jeremiah Hall is going to be able to get it. And Jeremiah Hall, man, he makes such a great catch on that touchdown reception. It's, it, you know, in traffic, contested. And man, how much more can we say about Jeremiah Hall? The guy just does everything so well. And he's one of the most dynamic receivers on this team, even though he doesn't necessarily get the same target load that maybe a Marvin Mims or a Michael Woods or Jaden Hazel would get. But Oklahoma jumps out to the 14-0 lead. Looks like things are just going to get out of hand really, really quickly. And then TCU comes back with a touchdown of their own after Kendra Miller uh, takes a screen pass 53 yards from Max Duggan. And, you know, does an amazing job just walking the, walking the tightrope on the sideline. And, and that, that was one of those plays that just reared Oklahoma's issues, right? You know, it, it, it amplified Oklahoma's issues, right, which is tackling. Uh, whether it's taking poor angles or it's finishing uh, a tackle, Oklahoma just struggles. And I don't know what it is for whatever reason. They're just a team that is just not a good tackling team. We've been talking about it all season long, but it, it showed up again on that drive. Uh, and then Oklahoma responds. You know, They, they get a field goal after a six-play 59-yard drive um, uh, to, at the beginning of the second quarter. And you know it was a bit a of, bit of a disappointing uh, finish to that drive. You know the Oklahoma Sooners had been playing so well, um, and you know, that was after they had a chance earlier, a couple drives previously. And you know they miss a long field goal. Uh, the Gabe Berkic rarely misses a field goal, uh, but. Oshawn Mathis, you know, for for um, TCU, man, he was having a really great game in that first half of football, especially. You know, Oklahoma had driven the ball down into you know the forty yard line of TCU. Caleb Williams gets sacked, holds on to the ball maybe a bit too long, um, but then comes back and and hits uh, Mario Williams, gets them in field goal position. Gabe Brkich misses a forty six yarder, and then you know, and which is which was tough, man, because it puts TCU in really good field position. You know, they start in their next drive on the Oklahoma – sorry, on the TCU 29-yard line. But Oklahoma is able to stop TCU after they get to the Sooners 30 uh, on downs. You know, TCU goes for it on fourth and two. The Oklahoma de- defense comes up with a play, and then they drive 66 yards uh, – 59 yards, sorry, for a field goal – uh, and this was this was a disappointing series. Now now that we got to it, because Oklahoma had driven the ball down to the four yard line. They got first and goal from the four. Kennedy Brooks runs for two yards, doesn't really get anywhere, um, and you know that on second down, Caleb Williams gets Austin Stogner in the back of the end zone. Exactly what the Sooners wanted, and the ball just slides right through his hands. It was it was a bummer. It was one of those, it was one of those plays you're like, ah, Oh no, mm, just kicking yourself. But like you look at the body language, you know, after that drop pass and you know, Caleb Williams kind of looks up to the sky and you see him smiling and they even mentioned it on the broadcast. Like how, how often do you see a quarterback smiling after a, a dropped pass? And I think that's some of the difference in the, just kind of the mentality and the makeup a little bit. Like, you know, Caleb was like, Oh man, we had it. He's not, he's not there ripping Austin Stogner who already knows that he should have caught it. Like he doesn't need anybody telling him that he should have caught that pass. Uh, but just more of like, kind of like not laughing it off that he's just not taking it seriously. Cause I'm sure he's taking it seriously. And that's something they'll continue to talk about this week as you know, they get the practice, but it's just more of like, dang, we had it. Like we had, we had it. We're about to go up 21, seven. Um, and then uh, so, you know, Oklahoma's forced to kick a field goal again after Oshawn Mathis gets to gets to to Caleb Williams for the second sack um, in as many drives, which is that dude is good. Like that dude's real, real good. Uh, for the lack of talent on TC's defense. Otherwise, man, Oshawn Mathis can bring it. At that point, you know, it's 17 to 14, and that's about as close as it gets. TC responds with a touchdown to make it 17-14. Yeah, and they can never get closer than that. They go on to outscore TC 35 to 17 the rest of the way. Uh, the Oklahoma defense comes up with a punt um, you know, after Oklahoma's forced to punt on, you know, as well. And it, it was just one of those games where it's just like while the Oklahoma defense doesn't didn't necessarily show up and make enough plays, still had some tackling issues, they made enough plays, right? to win this game for the Sooners. I mean, obviously this is a game that's all about the offense and we'll talk more about the offense coming up in the next couple of segments. But you know, the defense made enough plays. You know, this is this is a, a a throwback game to, you know, 2017, 2018, where, and and 2019 for that matter, where, you know, Oklahoma's offense scored 52 points. They get, you know, 24 in the first half. They go for another 28 in the second half. But TCU's defense or but Oklahoma's defense is able to hold them to 31. And if they're able to do that, you know, more often than not, the Oklahoma Sooners are going to win football games. In the second half of the game, you know, Oklahoma's defense, they start off by forcing a punt of TCU. You know, it was a three and out right off the bat. And that's what you want to see from the defense, man. You know, that was one of those situations where TCU had an opportunity to bring the score within three. And and Oklahoma's defense, they just shut the door, said, Nope. Oklahoma responds with a three play 77 yard touchdown drive uh, highlighted by a 45 yard run by Kennedy Brooks, who man just continues to make big plays in the running game. And we talked about this some last week, but this is what Caleb Williams brings. Is it his, his ability at the handoff point, what we call the mesh point where he has the option to keep it and run himself or to hand it off or keep it and even throw it himself. That. That mesh point, that ability for Caleb Williams to hold linebackers, uh, hold defensive linemen, hold the the safeties in coverage, um, make them think about it for just a split second, it opens so much up for Kennedy Brooks and the running game because if they have to think, then they're already behind the play because they're reacting as opposed to just trying to impose their will on Oklahoma's offense. The defense is already behind. And um another, you know, Caleb Williams touchdown, you know, Jaden William Williams, or sorry, Jaden Hazelwood, Jaden Williams, they connected so many times in this in this uh game that they became they became one person. But uh Caleb Williams is Jaden Hazelwood for the second time in this one. Um it's amazing sometimes what happens when you find a quarterback who is able to make every single throw and has the confidence to do it because I think that's the big difference here is that Caleb Williams is displaying the confidence to make all the throws that you wanted to make in a football game. But we'll talk more about him coming up, especially in the second segment, but to finish out, just a kind of a recap, you know, the Oklahoma Sooners, they, they did what they had to do defensively. So it's 45, 24 Oklahoma just scores. They, TCU gets the ball. You know they fumble on the kickoff return, but they recover it, Um, and then, you know, TCU drives it down to the to the Oklahoma thirty-eight yard line, but they're not able to get further than that, and they punt. Um, You know, it was one of those, as another big drive by the defense, who was able to hold TCU after Oklahoma scored a touchdown, and that's those are really key moments. Like, if your defense is able to force a punt after or a turnover after your offense scores a touchdown that really it helps to build confidence in everything that you're doing as a team. And so the two teams, they trade punts. TCU then scores a touchdown, makes it 45, 31. And that was the last, those are the last points that they got Oklahoma. Then, then they trade punts again. Um, and if you're Gary Patterson, how are you even punting in this game? Like with the way Oklahoma's offense is playing, how, how do you punt? I don't understand. Um, and then, Oklahoma caps it off with a nine-play, 68-yard drive that goes 544, uh, finishes with an Eric Gray two-yard touchdown run uh, with 109 left on the clock to just seal the game. Um, And that was one of those touchdowns that you're like, hey, we don't need to score this. We're going to win this football game. But just in case you weren't sure, we're we're back. (laughs) Not that we're back, but we're Oklahoma. We're going to score points, and you're not coming back. Not today. And I think this was a huge win for everybody in the program. Um, for Caleb Williams in particular, for Lincoln Riley, It just, I think it helped to solidify his decision. But this was a game that was all about Caleb Williams. And the, the difference is incredibly evident between the two quarterbacks. And this isn't to say that Spencer Rattler is a bad quarterback. I still think he's a good quarterback. But for this team, for this season and moving forward, it's Caleb Williams' team. And we'll talk about Caleb Williams coming up in the next segment. We'll break down some more of his game. And then in the third, in the third segment, we'll hand out three stars of the game, some of standouts as well here on the Lockdown Series podcast. But first, let me talk to you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. I love this and I know you will too. It's a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the power five, as well as mid-major players. You might have never heard of prize picks offers anything you can think of from yardage to touchdown, even interception throwing props. And if you go to sign up with our promo code over at prizepix.com, you can get a 100% instant and deposit match up to $100. You put in hundred dollars, use our promo code locked on and prize picks will give you $100 as well. You pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. PrizePix allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron James combined points with the under on Mahomes and passing yards in the same entry, and hey, maybe you'll win. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play Store, and you can win. Go to PrizePix. It's safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate now. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Hey, and I want to thank you again so much for making locked on Sinners your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms and man, this has become such a fun thing to discuss. And that's the play of Caleb Williams. We've only got two games to, to go on so far, or really, you know, six plus quarters to go on so far but the man was spectacular. He goes 18 to 23 for 295 yards and four touchdowns passing. He has 66 yards rushing and another touchdown as well. Um, But if you look at, if you go back and kind of look at what he did on a whole, like we talked about the Austin Stogner drop, he had another drop earlier in the game or in the game as well. And so really he only had, three incompletions, if you take the drops away, that's ridiculous. Now, I know this TCU defense isn't as good as the TCU defenses of the past, but the game that he had was fantastic. He was accurate, he was decisive, and he consistently was challenging TCU deep. And sometimes those plays were working out for him. And there were other times where it didn't work out, but he was able to draw penalties, or the wide receivers were able to draw pass interference calls. But the important thing sometimes is like is just making the throw because what it does is it, it tells the defense, hey, I'm willing to make this throw. If you're not going to give more respect to my wide receivers downfield, then I want to challenge you deep every single time. And you're, you might be able to stop us a couple times, but we're going to beat you eventually downfield. And that's kind of how this game went. You know, they made some plays down the field. Uh, I think early in the in the game, he was a little bit nervous and he underthrew a couple of balls. You know, uh, Michael Woods had to come back on a ball and uh, Marvin Mimis had to as well, where if he leads those throws, they're touchdowns and it's just gone. But later, but later in the game, he corrected that. He actually got the ball out there. Uh, Michael Woods made a big play um, down the sideline where, you know, he wasn't able to run away from his player, but, you know, it was a perfectly thrown ball that michael woods just was able to catch in stride and so it was cool to see that he was able to make some adjustments on his deep ball because i think that's one of the things that we needed to see from a quarterback with some in-game corrections and i mean he was just as good in the intermediate to short passing game as well you know he was getting the ball out quick when he needed to get it out quick uh he was navigating the pocket so well i mean just watching his ability to not bail on the pocket. Like, you know, sometimes when you're under pressure, you don't need to run outside of the pocket and get outside the, the hash marks. You want to stay in the pocket and just step up into it. And now the Oklahoma offensive line did a really good job of providing clean pockets up front because a lot of the threat was coming off the edge and Oshawn no Mathis. But Caleb Williams' understanding of where to be and where to go in the pocket was really next level. I mean, the guy, he he's playing beyond his years. I mean, he looked like a kid with much more experience than just, you know, six quarters of significant playing time. Now I, we know that you played against Western Carolina, but I mean, that's Western Carolina. That that's not a, that's not like playing against Texas in the cotton bowl or playing against TCU at home. That's a totally different thing. And so to display what he's displayed in just a limited amount of time, we should say is pretty remarkable. Are the things that he's going to get better at? Yeah. Are the defenses going to get tougher? Yeah. But by the time that they face Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, he'll have a few more games under his belt, and he'll get better. Like he'll continue to get better. And I think the thing that makes you really confident in Caleb Williams is the resiliency that he showed. Like we saw it in the Texas game; the dude was just resilient, helping helping Oklahoma orchestrate that big comeback. And in this game, like he showed that he can play with a lead too. Like he's going to keep attacking with a lead. I mean, they, the, the, the 41 yard touchdown run, I think Oklahoma already still had like a two touchdown lead in that game. And I mean, he's going to make big plays, whether it's on the ground or through the air, he's just going to keep making big plays for the Oklahoma Sooners. And it's kind of like what we talked about in the first segment. It's his presence just opens up so much for this offense. You know, teams aren't able to play two safety high like they were against Spencer Rattler and take away the deep ball. I mean, how many times were we seeing Spencer Rattler throw deep balls? Not very often. And that's because teams were taking it away. And if he did throw it, he was often throwing it into double or triple coverage sometimes, which is what part of what got him in trouble. But when Caleb Williams was throwing deep balls against TCU on Saturday, what's he throwing? He's throwing against a lot of single coverage. You're not seeing multiple defenders back there against, you know, covering Marvin Mims or covering Michael Woods or Jaden Hazelwood. It's one-on-one coverage down the field. And that's exactly what you're looking for. And, and you and want your guy to take advantage of those and take those shots because when they're there, they're going to make those plays. And we saw it last week against Texas, Marvin Mills was able to make several catches on those 50-50 balls this week. They didn't go as well, as, as cleanly, but he, he made all the right throws, made really good decisions on those. And he put them in positions where it's like, my guy's going to catch it or nobody's going to catch it. And now they had, you know, the, the, he gave the the receivers opportunities to make adjustments on his throws to Jaden Hazelwood. I mean, the, the one back shoulder fade, we've been looking for them to connect on a back shoulder fade all season long. They've been trying that all year long and the chemistry and the connection just hasn't been there. Well, they figured something out this week because his placement on that back shoulder fade to Jason Hazelwood, Jaden Hazelwood on the, you know, on the left side of the, the end zone was perfect. It was perfectly timed. Like Jaden Hazelwood wasn't even out of his route yet, but Hazelwood threw it to the front pylon or Hazelwood Williams threw it to the front pylon and Hazelwood was able to adjust, come back for it. And that was the perfectly thrown ball. And you saw that time and time again with Caleb Williams, just perfectly thrown footballs, whether it was on the run, whether it was from a clean pocket, whether it was under pressure, he just, he did everything right. And it's going to be exciting to see you know, what he does um, against tougher competition. But this is a really, really great start for Caleb Williams. So let's talk about his downfield passing for just a second. Pro football focus charts this, um, you know, on throws greater than 20 yards down the field. You know, he was three of six for 86 yards and a touchdown. You're not going to hit every throw downfield, but if you hit 50% of your 20 yard throws, that's pretty good. That's really good. You know, on intermediate throws, throws between ten and twenty yards down the field. He only missed one. He only had one incompletion. That that's perfect. Like, yeah, you, I mean, the one incompletion. Obviously, it's not perfect, perfect. But if you if you just have one incompletion on your intermediate throws, ten to twenty yards down the field, you're going to win a lot of football games if your quarterback's throwing like that. He just brings so much to the table. And he's such a good player. It's so fun to watch him play, because he honestly, even that 41 yard touchdown run, it wasn't really like, I mean, it was exciting in, in a sense that he kept just going and going and going, but it almost looked like it was in slow motion. Like the game just really slowed down as he took off. And then as he crosses the goal line, I saw Oklahoma uh, football's Twitter account. They they released a, a, you know, slow-mo version of it. And as he crosses the goal line, he's just like very little, like celebrating very little kind of facial expression You know, the offensive line is like they're celebrating with him. But you are he's just like, yeah, it's kind of what I do. I just score touchdowns. And on this day, he scored five of them. So hats off, man. Caleb Williams is the real deal. Superman's here. He's not going anywhere. And it's going to be hard to find his kryptonite. But coming up next, let's talk about our three stars of the game. Hand out a little bit more hardware. But let me talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Man, it is so good. 100% 100% covered in chocolate, tastes great, and it's great for you. they got nine delicious flavors. My favorite is the peanut butter brownie, but they're always coming out with specialty options as well. Like if you missed out on the cookie dough chunk a while back, you missed out because that thing was phenomenal. But they've got other great flavors like coconut almond, mint brownie, and like I said, my favorite, the peanut butter brownie. If you're into peanut butter chocolate combination, got to get that peanut butter brownie. It tastes great. 17 or 18 grams of protein, four or five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I go to it anytime I need a sweet a sweet treat or a snack, protein bar or the Built Bar always hits home. I was talking with a, a, a coworker of mine and I looked over at them, they're eating Built Bar. And like, we hadn't even talked about Built Bar before, but she's like, yeah, I love Built Bar. I eat it every single day. And that was before me even like mentioning. Oh yeah, I eat Built Bar. I was like, Hey, is that a Built Bar? She's like, Yeah, love them. They're fantastic. And she was eating the raspberry flavor, I think, or the cherry barsia. And but she's like, Yeah, I eat one every single day because it gives you all the energy you need to get you through your workday. Helps you have a great breakfast. Gets you to lunchtime. And it helps you build protein too. Lots of great protein in Built Bar. So if you're working out, trying to build muscle, go to builtbar.com or built.com. Sorry. And use their promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order over at built.com. All right, now let's hand out some hardware. Uh, and we'll do this in reverse order. And the third star, got to go with my man, Kennedy Brooks. And I, I went back and forth on this one. I felt like I could have put him in second star too because he had another great rushing effort, 150 yards rushing, 7.7 yards per carry uh, was Kennedy Brooks, man. He just makes, makes it look so easy at times. Um, getting downfield, making people miss, doing everything that you want him to do. You know, he, he forced three missed tackles, uh, averaged 2.1 yards per attempt after contact. Not as good as he did last week against Texas, but, you know, 42 yards after contact, that's a really, really good day. Um, had the touchdown, but what more can you say about Kennedy Brooks? He's one of the best running backs in the country that doesn't get considered one of the best running backs in the country. Um, you know, he's not going to be in Heisman contention. He's just not going to be. Uh, but he's one of those players that he should be in, you know, dope Walker contention because he is so good at reading the run, reading the run play, seeing what blocks are developing, seeing what the defense is doing and setting, setting up blocks with his maneuver, maneuverability and making people miss at the second level, uh, you know, forcing people to bounce off of him. I mean, what I just don't know what more you can say about Kennedy Brooks at this point. He's just such a great, great running back. We I gush over him because I love to watch smooth, you know, running backs like the guys who aren't like the physical freak. Those are the guys I like to watch at running back because they they just run so smoothly. You know, they're not the guy that's going to run people over like a Derrick Henry, or you know, use their elusiveness to make people miss like an Alvin Kamara, but. It's like we talked about, like, he he's not moving real fast, and then all of a sudden he's 10 yards down the field, and you're like, where? how did he get there? So third start of the game, Kennedy Brooks. Second start of the game, our guy, Jaden Hazelwood. You know, back in the summer, I made the bold prediction that Jaden Hazelwood would, would lead this team in receiving. Now, that's unlikely to, it's going to happen, but he had a fantastic game on Saturday. Six catches, 56 yards, and three touchdowns. And the most important thing about his three touchdowns is that all three of them came in the red zone. This is an area where the Oklahoma Sooners have struggled at times to to score efficiently, Uh, but he had three touchdowns in the red zone. Oklahoma's really good in the red zone on Saturday against TCU. And he just provides Caleb Williams with a really, really nice red zone weapon. You know, Marvin Mims, he's the guy, but he's more of your downfield player. He's going to be the guy that wins, you know, in that 15 yards or more range well jayden hazelwood is the guy that you need under 20 yards because he's big he's physical he's got the athleticism to to out jump play you know out jump people for for 50 50 balls he's also got the athleticism to to win the back shoulder fade like we talked about in the previous segment and he's got the size to to box out if he needs to uh but yeah, Jayden Hazelwood with three touchdowns that were absolutely huge for the Oklahoma Sooners. I think it's going to help build their confidence as a red zone offense as they move forward because they're going to have to continue to get better in the red zone because, as, as we've talked about, the defenses are going to get tougher, especially at the end of the season when they've got Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State in consecutive weeks. Those are going to be really tough games, and if Oklahoma's more confident in their red zone offense, it's just going to help open up everything else. If they're going to be able to find wide receivers that they can hit on the back shoulder fade consistently, like they did Jaden Hazelwood, it's going to be huge. If they if Jaden Hazelwood can continue to show that he's that red zone weapon over the next couple of weeks against Kansas and Texas Tech, it's going to be really really huge because it'll it'll then start to open thing that that uh, play action kind of bootleg to Jeremiah Hall they've run so effectively over the last couple of years. It'll open that back up because now teams are sitting on that they're expecting that play action. To go to Jeremiah Hall now, Caleb Williams. You know he had Austin Stogner hit Jaden Hazelwood on at one time, uh, where the the Hall throw wasn't there, but he was able to find other guys at the second um, level of that of that pass route concept. Um, so big kudos to Jaden Hazelwood. Excellent game, a breakout game for him. Um, I think we'll talk more about Jaden Hazelwood as the weeks go along because now that he's got. I feel like a more accurate thrower right now and a more confident thrower, we're going to start seeing him um, stack up touchdowns because he's going to be getting a lot of red zone opportunities. And then our number one star, man, Caleb Williams, what can you say? Five total touchdowns over 350 yards of total offense. The dude is just dynamic. He's just a fantastic player, has a great head on his shoulders. He's a guy that, you know, our guy Parker Thrun has been talking him up for a year. Like he's got everything that you want in a starting quarterback at a premier college football program. Yeah, only had three incompletions, two drops. Um, was phenomenal all night long, making the right reads, making the right throws, hitting guys on time, hitting guys in stride, allowing them an opportunity to run. I mean, the, the big play to Trayvon West, I mean, we didn't even talk about that, but you know, uh, Trayvon West has a catch for 35 yards, but Caleb Williams sits him in stride over the middle of the field, and West has plenty of room to run and but if he doesn't hit him in stride west is having to wait on that football it may not be as big of a play but he was doing that all night he was hitting guys in stride allowing for yards after the catch i mean oklahoma they racked up 125 yards receiving after the catch michael woods with 53 of those you know, Tr- trayvon west you know reception 25 yards of those was after the catch and so uh, it's one of those things i mean we we could gush here all day about about caleb williams but it's one of those things like when you do like the little things, well, it helps to magnify the big things. And when you hit a wide receiver in stride, it helps to magnify that play that allows it to become a bigger play than what it could have been originally. If you, if you throw behind the guy or you, you don't hit him in stride or he has to sit and wait on the ball. Um, big, big, you know, big kudos to, to Caleb Williams for making his first start. You know, he, he showed that he's a guy that isn't too, the moment isn't too big for him. He's a guy that's going to be able to lead this team as the Oklahoma Sooners look to defend their big 12 championship. Uh, and we'll talk more about this game for, you know, for Tuesday because there's still a lot more to unpack, uh, but such a great win for the Oklahoma Sooners. And I seven and zero now and in the driver's seat in the big 12 conference, Oklahoma state, and they had another great game. They're going to be tough. Baylor's going to be tough. Iowa state's going to be tough. Um, and you never know what you get from Texas tech, but this next week against Kansas, that are already opening up as a thirty-eight point favorite um, over at Bet Online, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if it, if they're going to be able to cover that one because it's a huge, huge point spread, and those always make me a little bit nervous. But Oklahoma is likely going to move to eight zero in that one. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Again, thanks so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen. Also, go check out the Locked On Big Twelve Podcast with our guy Josh Neighbors, who gives you all the insight and info on the big 12. And then make sure you look for our uh, weekly roundtable episode. That'll be over there on all platforms that you can listen to podcasts as well as YouTube. Uh, But go check out the lockdown big 12 podcast here on the lockdown podcast network as well. And again, my name is John Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at lockdown sooners on Facebook, lockdown sooners podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at lockdown sooners and check out the show. Hopefully coming soon to YouTube. But again, thank you so much for listening. Until tomorrow, Boomer Sooner.